Hey, if you're like me, you get a little confused when it comes to healthcare. The prices keep going up. It's difficult. I don't even know what everything stands for. I mean, there's HMOs and PPOs and HSAs and fee-for-service and POS. I have no idea what those things mean. But I do know this. There's some wonderful people at Christian Healthcare Ministries that are budget-friendly, biblical, and compassionate. Uh, they are a healthcare cost solution, and it's a health cost sharing ministry. I would love to put you in contact with them, and you can do that at www.chministries.org. www.chministries.org. I think you're going to love these people, and they're going to pull a lot of the confusion out of healthcare for you. Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you as a parent gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregson sits down for a conversation with a couple of teens from Heartlight. Heartlight is a residential counseling center started by Mark and his wife, Jan, that creates an arena of change for both teens and parents. Let's hear from a couple of Heartlight's teens today. Hannah, thanks for being a part of the program. Mm-hmm. You're sitting across from me smiling, going, I'm nervous. I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Are you? Yeah, a little. Oh, okay. Well, let me calm you down a little bit. I just, we can just have a conversation. Tell me a little bit. You're at Heartlight. Mm-hmm. How did you end up here? What was going on? Uh, a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've just been struggling with a lot, like mm. for most of my life, really. Um, but it just started to surface up as I kept getting older. Um, I mean, I was at a program before this too. Yeah. That it wasn't helping. But like, yeah, like ever since I was 11, just a whole bunch of stuff has been happening. Um, like what? Like I've been struggling with depression and like a lot of it caused me to like lash out on myself. Wow. Yeah. So for years— I've been just basically destroying my life in different ways. Wow. Yeah. Okay, you say different ways, Mm -hmm. like? Um, At first, it started with cutting and then, like, being suicidal. And then I went to drugs and then I went to sex. And then it it just, everything I just started doing, I guess that's what really got me here. Wow. And so you Mm -hmm. say this has been going on for a while, though. Yeah. Okay, so when you look back at your life, when did that start? I mean, did you really— think that you were depressed back when you were in grade school? No. um, I mean, I kind of was, I noticed that I was a little bit different from other people, um, Mm. just with the way that I thought. And I kind of realized this when I was 11, like I was starting to, you know, get out of that phase of like being a kid and trying to grow up a little bit. Yeah. Um, So I started being a lot more aware of things and how people worked. And I started to see that I wasn't really thinking the same other people. And I started like, I noticed that I catastrophize a lot of things and my mind just didn't really work normally. Wow. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Um, I don't really know. I mean, 
I guess the really like the only traumatic thing that happened to me that really had to like make me grow up was when my mom had an aneurysm, you know? Mm, yeah. So, I mean, that's really all I remember like from my childhood until when I was like 11, 12. And how old were you when that happened? I was eight. Yeah. Yeah. And she had brain surgery and mm -hmm. everything else from it. Yeah. That kind of changed the dynamics of the family a little bit? Yeah, it really changed it a lot. Um, before then, my parents were like alcoholics. Mm. They basically really had no religion, you know, like they went to church, but, yeah. you know. Um, and I think they were honestly going to get a divorce by then, but I don't really wow. specifically remember. Wow. Um, so when that happened, just a lot changed. I saw, I mean, I realized that my mom could have been dead. And since then I was like, wow, yeah. I have to grow up. Yeah. Um, and I saw like how crazy life can be. Just at being like a young age, it was really crazy. Wow. Yeah. And so they've turned around. I mean, they've mm -hmm. turned around quite a bit. Yeah. And uh, are completely different people. Yeah. And so when they handle the stuff that was going on with you, when you started, I mean, did all that stuff start happening when you were 11 and 12 years mm -hmm. old? Mm -hmm. Drinking? Oh, no. Um, I started drinking when I was like 13. Okay. So the drinking stuff, the sex part and all that started 13, 14? No, sex started at like 15. Wow. Yeah. So it just got, it was kind of a Yeah, it was like a gradual thing. thing. Wow. Yeah. When did you start to go, wait a minute, this isn't working? Um, Kind of when I started like smoking and stuff, like I'd yeah. feel so great at the moment, but the next morning, you know, I'd have to drive home and I'd, you know, after coming home from like a party or something, I'd be like, okay, well, that felt fine for a couple hours and then now I'm back feeling yeah. way worse. yeah. I mean, do, I mean, do you remember those feelings? Just did you beat yourself up or were you? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so you get home to your mom. Did your mom know stuff was going on? Kind of like that mother's yeah, sixth sense. Yeah, she had the sense kind yeah. of. And she just knew. Were you always getting caught? And uh, um, A lot of the times they would, yeah, they would know, but I feel like they didn't really want to do anything about it maybe. Wow. Because they were scared because at the time I was just so unstable. Yeah. I guess they wanted me to be happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when they finally came to you and said, okay, we're we got to do something different because this isn't working. Yeah. And you're going to another program. Mm -hmm. And so you go someplace else. What was the first thing that came into your head when when here you are going someplace else? Um, well, when I switched from my previous program, it was something that like I requested mm -hmm. because when I f agreed to go to the first one, I just really wanted help because I saw yeah. like how my life was really just going down the drain. Um, so when I got to that program, I was expecting, you know, like counseling and help, you know, and then four and a half months in, I still hadn't talked to anybody wow. about how I was feeling. Wow. And I felt like my depression getting worse because I was away from home. Yeah, And so I told my parents and then they found Heartlight and, like, I was kind of upset because I was like, oh, another program. Mm. But I was very, very relieved because, like, the reviews on this place was great. And just anyone wow. that knew about this said it was, like, it worked yeah. if you let it. So, I mean, I was kind of excited to actually get my life together here. Do you ever think about, you know, that, that you know, you start doing stuff and, of course, it starts pushing you away from your parents a little bit. Mm that working and resolving issues was going to make your relationships better th with them. Is that something you were missing that y you hoped it would change or? Yeah, I was really hoping to 
um, really just fix everything in my life. But one of the main things was fix my relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like you kind of messed it up a little bit? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Because I watch you guys and it sure seems like you get along fine. Mm-hmm. And you get along good and everything's going well. Like it wasn't the, the reason you're here. It's It's not really a parent problem. Yeah. Would they say that or would they say, no, we really messed up and this is how we were and, and you know, we kind of got the ball rolling years ago. Would they say it was a, that they messed it up or? I mean, I feel like they don't want to put all the blame on me, you know? Yeah. Um, They just kind of say, like my mom over this last break, she told me that she was sorry for like letting me continue to do some things wow. because she didn't ever want me to end up like getting so hurt. Um, so, I mean, I think they kind of would say that they had a little part in it, you know? Yeah. Oh, good. Good. Mm -hmm. Are you doing well? Yeah, I am. Are you? I Mm -hmm. mean, do you love your parents? Yeah, I love my parents. You know they love you? Yeah. (laughs) And y'all are working on stuff and getting to a better spot. So that's a, that's cool to hear. It really Mm -hmm. is, especially where you came from. Yeah. Okay. If you could tell other parents, just wherever, you got a few hundred thousand listening to you, what could they do? to improve their relationship with their child if they are just like your parents? What could they have done different? What could your parents have done different for you to make it where you didn't have to walk this path? Mm-hmm. Um, probably try and just understand. Mm-hmm. Um, for a long time, my parents didn't understand, and I felt like they kind of didn't try to, but also because, you know, I was yeah, pushing them yeah. away. But just like keep putting in the effort to try and understand how they're feeling because that's what really opened up my eyes because my parents like want to know how I work, you know, and they want to help me. And I feel like that could open up a lot of kids' eyes just seeing that their parents really want to get to know them and like help them out. Cool, Mm. cool. Well, Hannah, thanks for being a part of the program. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sure, appreciate it. All right. (laughs) Hey, I want to tell you about an online course that I think can turn around the crisis that you're facing in your family with your team. It's online, and we call it our Families in Crisis course, and you get to pay whatever you want to view it. This four-hour course will help you understand the impact this culture is having on your team and share with you some very practical ways that you can engage with your child on a different level to help them get to a place that they want to go and keep them from ending up in a place where they never want to visit. I sat down, turned on the camera, and shared the content of what I share at all of our Families in Crisis conferences that we hold here on the Heartlight Campus in Longview, Texas. So if you can't attend one of those conferences in person, then take advantage of this opportunity to make those changes that you'd like to see in your family, and I'll share how to make those happen. This could just be the best decision you've ever made, to put some new tools in your parenting toolbox to equip you with wise counsel and practical insights how you can connect with your disconnected team. To get this course, go to thecrisiscourse.com. That's called thecrisiscourse.com. It'll change the way you parent, and it might just change the heart of the teen that is causing the crisis in your family. Grace, thanks for being a part of the program. Tell me a little bit about yourself. 
<laughs> you live in Canada. Yeah. You're adopted from China. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and and you're living in East Texas with us. How did you end up getting here to East Texas? Well, at first, the plan was that I would stay with my grandparents in Arizona. Um, they vacation there a few months each year. And so while they were there, I would be staying with them for yeah. probably around a couple of months. And then when we got there, my parents told me that I would actually end up here. Yeah, yeah. So why? What was going on that that it was okay? We gotta we gotta find another place here. Um, me and my parents, we were having a really tough time together. Um, I'd always like, like we'd had you know like we'd had our um, good times and bad times, but recently it had been getting really, really, really bad. Like how? Like how? What would, um, that, what would that look like? When you say, okay, this, it got bad, what would mm-hmm. what would bad look like? Well, it got to the point where, like, I just gave up. And so instead of ever, like, trying to, um, like, fix, like, an argument or at least try to show them, like, I still loved him, I would just avoid them. Mm. So I would always either be out with my friends or if I wasn't at work, I would be in my room and, like, you at I, work. Where were you working? Starbucks. Starbucks. Well, that's yeah, a good place to work. It was fun. Yeah. But, um, yeah, when I wasn't getting food, I was just in my room. and yeah. Getting yeah, depressed? Never, yeah. Did you feel like you were getting really depressed? Yeah, I didn't know at the time, but now when I think about it, like, I obviously was very depressed. Yeah. And what do you think that stems from? Where do you think the depression comes from? Um, I think that since I had blocked off my parents for so long and I felt like I didn't have anyone I could like turn to Mm -hmm. and even though like I I knew my friends were like there for me like I I really like to stay really surface level with everyone so um kind of being in my room like you know being depressed and isolated like it also made me feel like in a weird way like safe because I was it's like this is my room I'm by myself like there's no one that like no one's here to like boss me around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, tell me a little bit because you just you just said surface level. You like to stay. Why do you like to stay surface level? What's so hard about going a little bit deeper? It makes me cry super easy now. Um, there's so much uh, pain, and uh, I still do it now, but um, at least I'm aware of it. But before, when I wasn't like aware of like everything I was feeling. Um, like deep inside, like all I knew was that I was angry and I would snap at everything and everyone and yeah, I wasn't a fun person to be around. Okay, but that's that's how you responded. But yeah. what was it inside of you that was that was causing that? Um, from my adoption story, like even when I was younger, like or even like ten or eleven, like like I knew like my story, um, but it. It never, like, bothered me. Um, like, thinking about it, it's like, oh, yeah, like, it kind of, like, it hurts that, yeah, you yeah. know, I was abandoned. That that sucks. But it wasn't, like, it never, like, kept me awake at night or I never really connected it to life. And then when we adopted my younger sister, I'm 12 years older than her. Yeah. Um, when we adopted her, I found out that both our stories were very similar. And it wasn't until that I saw her, someone who I love so much, um, so innocent and beautiful. Just looking at her, 
it made me think, not just like her story and my story, but just about the world in general. Yeah. And it just made me feel like the world is so negative. Like all I want to do is want to give up because this is how they treat people who haven't done anything wrong. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, so you, I mean, do you think a lot of your stuff goes back to that initial feeling of being abandoned? Yes. Really? Yeah, a lot. Okay, so when you think about, okay, well, if I was, do you ever, do you ever think that, that there was some reason why you were chosen and, and maybe the baby next to you wasn't chosen? I mean, do you ever think about that kind of the weird way of that where you would be as an eighteen-year-old now in China? Do you ever think about where you would be if you weren't adopted? I have. Um, I don't. I don't like to think about it too much because it it makes me sad thinking about other kids who weren't as lucky as me. Um, but yeah, it makes me very very sad. Do you feel like you were deserving of that? Deserving to, to be selected? No. Wow. I don't. Wow. I have given my parents and my, my siblings too, I've given my family such a hard time and I love them so much. and I know they love me too. But sometimes when I'm feeling just really down about life, sometimes I just wish that they had adopted another baby girl who wouldn't have caused so much pain and... My family, I think that my family would be better off if they hadn't chosen me. Really? Yeah. You think they would say that? No. I don't think they would either. I don't think they would either. I mean, I think there's a part of it that you just go, you know, the situation could have got so much worse, you know, or be so much different. And, you know, I think they kind of adopted you the full package. You know, the, the full package of, of um, whatever comes our way, we're going to take care of it. And I mean, and that's a, I mean, that's how much they love you. That, I mean, they, they don't just love you for all the good. They love you with all the bad stuff. I mean, whatever you feel or anything else. Yeah, being at Heartlight is, I've definitely come to realize that before, um, before Heartlight, like me saying that I love my parents is mostly just because, well, I mean, they're my parents, like, yeah. you know, may as well. Like, it's kind of what I'm supposed to do, so whatever. But um, being here, it's it's taught me so much, and it's helped me and my family get through so much. And now, well, like, when I look at them and I think about how much I love them, it, it's not like, oh, I love my parents. It's, no, I, I really do. And yeah, I, I yeah. can think about all we've been through and... How, how far we've come and yeah. how much I really do love them. Well, you know, it's it's amazing to me that there are so many other people that feel exactly the same way that you do. There's something about that core of of, of being abandoned that that creates something in you when you think about it. I mean, you just go, somebody gave me up, somebody gave me up, somebody gave me up. I mean, I, I, I get that. The other thing that I think that is so cool, but somebody chose you as well. I mean, and it's somebody looked at you and chose you. I mean, I didn't I didn't even get to do that with my two <laughs> kids. We just Jan and I just had them. I mean, <laughs> but they weren't really chosen. But you were. And I think that's the perhaps that's the focus instead of that I was abandoned. Well, yeah, and you can't change that. But you were also chosen. 
And, and to me, that is love beyond what, it goes far beyond having your own kids. I mean, I, yeah. I think. <laughs> and, uh, but that's something that's so special that people don't get to experience. And maybe the conflict is, is the realization that you're loved, but also the feelings that you have of abandonment. And those two things clash and it causes that conflict sometimes. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, you can visit parentingtodaysteens.org, heartlightministries.org, or markgregston.com. Join us back here tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.